This is the show with Cannon Brown. Do you ever feel like you're going to be one of those like over-possessive dads because you're just so involved in the in the industry? Do you ever like look back and you're like, "Now Russell, like don't don't be one of those guys, like just let it go." <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have a problem with that. I'm definitely going to have to you know, sit back and let it be her project because really that's what I mean, that's what got me involved in into this whole thing in the first place was my parents letting me do it. So um, so I hope that when, you know, down the road that I'm able to sit there and see that and make sure that she's able to do whatever it is, whether it's a pig or whatever, you know, Hey, this is, you know, do your thing, you know, instead of dad doing it for you. That last few minutes might've been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? What's up everybody. This is the show and uh, I'm Cannon Brown. I know I have an incredible guest right now, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet. You guys saw the name. I have Russell Padrette. If you guys don't know who Russell Padrette is, I'm just going to give you a little synopsis here. Uh, incredible human being. That's what you need to know about this guy right here. He's the herdsman at Alton Walter Show Pigs, one of the premier, premier uh, show pig outlets in the country. Um Top top two, top two. I'm not gonna say top. Who's in the top two? I'm gonna let's do top three. I'm gonna say top three, okay? But he's in the top two. Um, what an incredible guy. He's been with them for 11 years. He's watched the operation grow like crazy. His story is is, is pretty incredible. Coming from Nevada and from a place that not a lot of people showed livestock, but here he is in charge of so many sows guys so many sows and you, you'll get to hear how many so i'm gonna be done talking you guys are incredible follow me on all my social medias at the show with can or at the show pod <laughs> um on twitter at the show underscore pod follow me write a review send me a message on facebook whatever you want that's it that's enough of me talking i know it's gonna be an incredible interview i'm so excited for you guys to hear it i'll stop talking let's do it Mr. Russell Padret. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Yes, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, I am doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Just uh, had a long day of work. Um, now I'm just kind of chilling for the night. I hear you. I'm just <laughs> finishing up myself. How was your day? Did you were you just on the uh, on the farm all day? Yeah, yeah. So we're actually kind of playing catch up this week. We. Uh, had a sale, not last weekend, but the weekend before, and we have uh, another one's coming up March 7th, and so we got a little downtime and just kind of doing stuff. We were actually installing some fans and, you know, just kind of, I was actually working on some emails and webpage update stuff and that deal. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's a real catch-up week, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if we don't ever do that kind of stuff, we get way behind. So yeah, I mean, it, it's just the little stuff that catches up. I mean, you don't want to worry about it, especially when you're going to shows or having a sale. It's those little things that pile up. Absolutely, no doubt. How'd that sale go two weeks ago? Oh, you know, it was great. It was probably, to be honest, probably the best one we've ever had. Um, it had a really good average, and we try not to advertise it too much to our you know, people around, you know, the locals tend to get scared sometimes when they hear a high average because there are cheaper picks. And then, you know, there's some that went high. But this last sale, we had more high ones than we've ever had. 
So that kind of boosted the average, but, uh, but it was very, very good. Sure. It looked like a great sale. And I know I was talking to Shannon like right after the sale and he was like, yeah, dude, that's, that's the best set they've had, I think. And that's definitely the best sale that, uh, they've produced, but uh, it looked pretty dang good to me. So far, so good, man. We're off to a good start. <laughs> that's for sure. And you guys have another one coming up in March. Yes. Yeah, so we actually do two in March. We have uh, March 7th and March 28th. And so March 7th, we'll sell our uh, December pigs pretty much like December 10th to January 1st. And then the March 28th sale, we'll sell basically all our January pigs. Wow. So, um, and it works good that way. Like the kind of, you know, the first one targets July sales and the second sale tar- or targets July shows and the second sale targets uh, August shows. The August ones. That makes a lot of sense. I, there's so many pigs sold during that time period, I mean, March and April, there is just so many hogs sold online and private treaty. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know what? We get so busy to be honest. I never even look at the online sales anymore. I mean, we just, you know, I, I just don't have the a spare time to, to do it. You know, I mean, my boss kind of keeps me in the loop and says, Hey, look at these every once in a while or something like that. Or just the kids around the farm. will say something about one and I might get on there, but I mean, we're just so busy. We just got to focus on our own deal, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're trying to buy like a lot of baby pigs on, on online sales. <laughs> no, no, it is good to get on there and just see what's, you know, see what's out there and see what other people are doing. Now, but, how many, how many sales are you guys having a year? Uh, we pretty well have, we'll have one a month. Um, so we'll actually like, you know, we're having basically, you know, that March 28th is basically like our April sale um so we've we've done one so far a month we'll do um two in march none in april and then we'll actually do two in may we'll do two in june but one of those would be a bred female sale then now we do one in july we literally have one one a month wow so yep that that just tells me and tells i mean everybody listening there is a heck of a demand for alton walter show pigs (laughs) (laughs) well i mean one thing that we've learned now that this this industry has i mean it seems like there's more shows more opportunities popping up every year yeah and so if we try you know which try when i say try i mean if we make the picks and we have a sale and we promote it and reach out to people you know there's a market for them and i i don't think that's that's specific to us. I mean, I think anybody can, can sell pigs at any given time anymore. I really do. Well, it helps when you have the track record that you guys do. I mean, throughout the entirety of since you've been there and, and before, I mean, you guys are, you guys have been killing it lately and killing it this year too. So I, I mean, I see no problem with you guys having a sale a month. If you guys are producing as many champions as you are. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> It's got to make you feel good, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, no doubt we're we're happy to to see stuff do well. And, and the 2019 treated us really, really well. It's pretty fun to, to see some of those pigs go out and succeed. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, Russell, let's, uh, let's talk about you. Let's dive into your story here. So you are from uh, Nevada. What part of Nevada are you from? I grew up in a town called Minden. Uh, Minden and Gardnerville is kind of the same same area, um, which is south of Carson City. It's in the Carson Valley. So uh, if you know if you're like if you don't know Nevada at all, but you you know what a map looks like, like where Nevada kind of corners into the state of California, right where that corner is, mm-hmm. right in the middle. That's basically where I grew up, right there on that 
far western kind of corner of Nevada. So you didn't really necessarily grow up in like the flat Nevada. You guys had some mountain ranges and stuff right on that border with California. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so the valley where I'm, where I grew up, I mean, you can look to the west, and there's a giant mountain there, and it's actually beautiful. There's, it's a growing area because a lot of California people move there, just for the views and the, you know, the access to to the mountain, Lake Tahoe and stuff. So we're just basically right below Lake Tahoe. Um, it's a green valley, uh, a lot of hay, um, cattle ranches, that type of deal. But a growing population, you know, because uh, it's a it's a popular place. I mean, when I was growing there. Or when I was growing up there, um, I mean, our I think the, my graduating class, we just had one high school in the Valley, but my graduating class was uh, almost 500 kids. So, and that's all mainly just, you know, we call them transplants, California people moving to, to the area. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, at least uh, I want to know your opinion of Nevada. What did you think about the state? Um, You know, uh it was lacking, uh, as far as what, what I wanted to do with, with 4-H and FFA and stuff. Um, I felt that it was pretty lacking to, as far as the abilities that, you know, that a guy could have to go to shows and a guy could have to go to sales and be exposed to, you know, the show pig industry, for example. Um, and so I actually, growing up, me and my dad drove over the mountain all the time and we went to shows in California because that was a better opportunity for us. Yeah, I just, I always think of Nevada as like, and I don't know, I don't think I have a lot of listeners in Nevada, but it's just like, it's the worst state. I mean, (laughs) it's dirty, it's flat. I mean, Vegas is fun for like two hours, and then past (laughs) that, it's it's over with. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I can't disagree. I, I, I would tell you if you haven't been to where I grew up, it's definitely different. Like it's, you know, if you drive across Nevada, <laughs> that's probably the image you have in your head. And there's better parts of it. You know, I probably have the same image of New Mexico because I drive through it all the time. And I, I'm like, this is an ugly place, you know. Dude, I was but, actually going to say that if there's two states that I could just say, like, are the ugliest states, it's going to be Nevada and New Mexico. <laughs> I can't argue with you on the drive. No, but that's that makes sense that, I mean, uh, even in today's uh, mindset, people don't think of Nevada as a livestock-related state or heavily involved in 4-H and FFA. And I'm assuming that when you were involved, it wasn't much better. No, I mean, you know, there's my my grandpa's actually uh, he, he's uh, he was very involved with, uh, you know, helping with like the Nevada Junior Livestock Show and a lot of those events. And he would, you know, he he's spent his life promoting youth and stuff. And there's a lot of people like that still. But I mean, for show pigs, especially, I, I think maybe the cattle and stuff is a little bit different story. But for show pigs, especially, I mean, they're just. There just wasn't any in Nevada, so we had to go elsewhere. Yeah. Well, where did you guys go? So you were saying that you would go over the mountain into California to go to shows, but where was your main um, kind of outlet uh, to get show pigs? So interesting. Um, back in the day, of course. So I graduated high school in two thousand and three. Uh, so we would we were going to shows and stuff. Uh, we we went to jackpots. Me and my dad. We went to. Uh, red wave jackpot we went to several of them that they don't have anymore you know that that ended or whatever but red wave was kind of the big one back then um but then we also like the shows that i really enjoyed and and i think my whole family enjoyed was like the open show so there used to be a show called the western all breeds uh it was in bakersfield back in the day 
Uh, and then there was another show that the California Pork Producers put on called the California Pork Spectacular. And they were open shows where breeders would show, you know, I mean, you know, like a type conference except smaller. But uh, but those were our big goals. I mean, we'd breed our purebred pigs and haul them over there. And, uh, you know, I remember the first time we ever won with one. Cow Palace was another was another uh, show we went to. I remember the first time we ever had, like, a champion Duroc. We thought that was just neater than heck, you know. You're on top of the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's totally changed. You know, these youth now don't even know what those shows are, or don't know that they existed. But, uh, but yeah, that was that was the shows that I really liked going to. So, uh, I'm I'm part of the generation that didn't really grow up with those types of shows. So, will you indulge me and just explain what those were? There, so there was a lot of there was a lot of lot more shows around that had like uh, type conferences, kind of like breeders showing their own stuff. Is that right? Yep. yep. It was breeders. It was kind of older guys. Uh, the Pork Spectacular was in Tulare. Um, and the All Breeds, Western All Breeds, was in Bakersfield. And we'd go, and there would be, I don't know how many hogs would be there. I mean, two or three hundred. Um, the very laid-back show, you know, mainly uh, adults showing pigs. I mean, there were some youth, but they were mainly adults. Um, Dave Spaulding was one of the guys always showed stuff. I remember seeing, uh, Russell Gunland show a couple different times. He didn't show very often. There was a guy named Sean Delaire that, uh, was very successful. Saw him show quite a bit. Um, Billy Barnes was always there. Um, and so there'd be, you know, Owen Wagey. Wagey was always showing there. Oh, some big, uh, so big names too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, we thought, I mean, they were big big names to us back in the day and then um i mean they were like celebrities when i was you know 11 12 years old going to those shows that we you know turn to my dad hey that's i think that's wagey right there you know i mean that was that it, it was exciting for us and then of course we'd always wind up buying something and bringing them home and we'd buy a boar or a, you know i bought a lot of boars um and uh and we collected them and stuff at home and tried to come back to next year with something that we could win with. And that was fun. That was what I enjoyed probably yeah. the most. Well, we're going to get back to that, but I wanted, I wanted to just take out something that you just said and, and bring it back around to you because you said like when you were going around 11, 12 and you're seeing like wagey and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's the guy that's raising all those good pigs. Do you ever like think about like now you're that guy? And I don't, I don't mean to like, I'm going to give you a lot of compliments in this episode, Russell. I think, you're a heck of a guy and you're very knowledgeable. So I'm going to give you a lot of compliments. This is not for me to kiss your ass. I'm just saying, <laughs> I know when I was showing you were that guy, I would see you and I'm like, Oh dang, that's Russell. Like I, I think a lot of people are intimidated to go up to you, to go up to Jesse, to go up to Travis. I mean, there's, you guys are the guys right now. I mean, to be honest, I definitely do not, do not think like that. I mean, we, that's you know, healthy. We, we treat, treat everybody just the same as, I mean, anybody that calls me, I, I, I truly feel a hundred percent that, you know, I'll treat anybody the same as anybody else. But, uh, looking back, I mean, definitely as a little kid, especially, you know, those guys were like celebrities. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. And then if we ever got to talk to them, you know, gosh, that was, that made us feel pretty special. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show anybody that, uh, that's out there listening right now that wants to talk to some of these industry leaders, just go up to them and talk to them. I'm like Russell. I'm sure you wouldn't mind if people just come up to you and talk to you more, right? It shows you don't get talked to enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, it's always. I think anybody that's you know 
that's in it for the right reasons enjoys helping somebody, you know, somebody else or talking to, you know, a youth for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I'm sure uh, going to those conferences or going to those shows and seeing a lot of adults in the ring kind of made you think like, hey, I want to be one of those guys or I, I want to start raising my own pigs. And I'm sure that's – is that kind of why you got into it because you wanted to be one of those guys or you just wanted to raise pigs for the kids? Yep, both. No, um, I mean, really, it wasn't about – you know, remember, I was a kid back then, so I was – Oh, yeah, you're right. Like thinking, you know, I wasn't thinking, hey, I need to produce pigs for these kids. I was thinking – Hey, I want to go home and make something that I can try and win with. And, um, and I got a lot of, I don't know. I just got a lot of enjoyment out of the whole breeding thing, you know, picking this board to breed to this sow and here's the mating, you know, and I would sit and, and, uh, and I would actually write down like when I was bored in school and stuff, I'd write down all my sows and what I was going to breed them to the next time. And then I would even write like, the next time what I'm going to breed them to after that. And that always changed, you know, of course, cause there'd be new boars come along. Oh, of course. But, uh, but I, that was what I enjoyed kind of, kind of doing. Now, uh, I've been told by a lot of people that you've got a, like a hell of a, uh, a memory about, uh, like lineages and kind of what you've had in the past. Is that correct? I used to, when I was in, in, uh, even in junior college and college and stuff, I knew pedigrees really well. Um, and like the stuff that's relevant to us right now that we're doing, I mean, I pretty well know what that is and it's, it's just become so much. And of course here in Calusa, we've got, I don't know how many breeds we have, I think six breeds that we're, we're raising as well as crosses. And so, you know, it's hard to keep up with all that stuff. And I feel like I don't understand like Burks, for example, we've got five Burks sets. I don't understand Burke pedigrees very good yet. I mean, we're still working on it. Um, but, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's important to know what the heck you're working with and, and what, it, you know, where it came from and if you want to know where you're going, that's for sure. Now, this is just going to be a little tangent, but what, uh, what's complicated about the, uh, Berkshire pedigrees? I just don't know them. I'm just too new to it yet. Oh, okay. Just you know, knowing and, like what they are basically. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I do have a harder time, you know, we raised Chester's too. And, uh, we're getting pretty proud of our Chester's. Our Chester's are oh, coming yeah. along, but gosh, it's, uh, it's hard to look those, some of those boars up, you know? Um, cause a lot of those guys don't have web pages and there's not a deal, like there's not a pedigree search where you can, you know, like the NSR has where you can type in the name and look up the pedigrees on some of them. Yeah. And so it is more challenging for sure. That's interesting. I mean, that you have those challenges. I think, I mean, that's, that's a normal challenge to have when you're, raising pigs i mean you need to know what everything looks like before you're uh trying to see yep. what's going to come out of it yep well and i like to know what they are i like to know that probably as much as what they look like like okay what are they if are, are they related to what i'm dealing with here and if so how you know and and then we can make decisions up for meetings we're gonna get it probably into this a little bit deeper in but since we're here when you're looking at like uh um, for matings, how, how deep into lineages are you looking? Are you just looking at just the, the dam and the boar on, on the mother side and the father side? Or are you looking farther back than that? No, we try and look pretty far back. Um, and, uh, you know, like the stuff here, like most of our crossbred sows that we've raised, I, uh, you know, have been, I've been here 11 years now. So I, I mean, I, I can pretty well tell you what, you know, what their mom was 
all the way back to, you know, cause most of our sows are stuff that we've, we've raised and, and developed here. And so, uh, so that helps, but like, but yeah, I, I want to consider the whole thing. I don't want to just know, you know, just the top and bottom side. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to think about it, about it. Um, but in 4-H and FFA, obviously, when do you start like raising pigs? When do you start getting sows? What age? Uh, when I was nine, uh, very first project in 4-H, my mom got, uh, got me some pigs. Um, and then when we were, when I was 11, my folks, uh, my, actually my grandpa, uh, brought me back three sows from Nebraska. They were, well, I shouldn't say sows. There was two open gilts and a bread gilt. Uh, he brought them back from Waldo Farms in Nebraska. Hmm. And that's what kind of like got you stuck on it? Pretty well. Yep. Um, the guilt, one of the guilts that he uh, brought back got bred to it. He brought me a Duroc boar with that group and she got bred to the boar in the trailer on the way home. You bet. And, uh, and we had, she had a litter of pigs and we had the (laughs) Grand Reserve champion at the Nevada State Fair. That's the luckiest story I've ever heard. (laughs) Yep. It was, uh, it was pretty interesting. They were solid black, you know, down your pigs. And it was, I think it was 1990, 1996. Yep. That's the year that I was born. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's beautiful. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And so you start when you're nine. So, I mean, by the time you get into high school and into like FFA, you guys are pretty well into raising pigs. Yep, yep. At one point I had uh, 40 sows. Wow. Uh, and I think six boars on the on the farm. Were you involved in any other parts of FFA, like any CDEs or anything? So I actually wasn't uh, in FFA. Um, oh, I thought you were. I'm sorry. Yep. Nope. There wasn't really one at my high school. I, I shouldn't say that there was one, but they they really didn't do livestock. Um, mm. They had they had other stuff going on, you know, floriculture, and they had they had a big fish tank in there. And I remember I went to a couple meetings, and I was kind of like, "Hey, I'm not I'm not doing this." It wasn't for you. <laughs> so, and you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have probably stuck with it and and done it. But I just, uh, I just was a 4-H member, and that was it. So you, I mean, you were a 4-H member until you were the age of 21 or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't show like a year out or anything. Uh, when I graduated, I went to college at, at Modesto Junior College, and and then I wound up driving home on the weekends quite often to, you know, help mom and dad take care of the 40 sows that I left them with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I bet that I mean during high school you're there at the house raising 40 sows it's it's uh it's all right but then when you go to junior college it starts to become a little bit more challenging yeah yeah for sure and and maybe more challenging for mom and dad is probably the best way to put that i mean i you know uh it it was it was more challenging for all of us but i remember thinking oh crap you know we (laughs) poor mom and dad you know they were just overwhelmed yeah now, uh, great transition into Modesto Junior College. Uh, great school. I I remember my first uh, NJSA event. I went to a NYLC at, uh, in Modesto, and we toured that swine unit, and I was dumbfounded. I had never seen anything like that at the college campus. It was incredible. Very, very good facility. It's pretty awesome, yeah. for sure. I recommend anybody go to try to tour that place because – it is awesome, and you were able to um, be the head of it, right? For how, just one year, right? Uh, so I went there for two and a half years. Okay, uh, and I worked on the swine unit the whole time. 
Um, and the cool part, so Mr. Mendez was my instructor and supervisor there, and he still is there at MJC. Um, but the cool part was he was kind of just like, here you guys go. You know, I mean, he would, he would, you know, obviously check on us all the time. But he was kind of like, here you go. Breathe these house, do, do your own thing. And we got to, it was just enough of a supervisory, you know, hey, don't do this, don't do that. But it was enough of like, here, you kind of learn on your own type of deal to where, I mean, it was, I learned a ton um, there. And I, I think just his teaching style was, was awesome because we got to, we got to experience things on ourselves, on our own and make mistakes. And I know he knew we were making mistakes, but you'll learn a lot more that way, or at least I feel like you do. Well, that's awesome that you just had like an outlet when you were at school just to go in the pig barn with your buddies and go breed sows, go hang out with them. Uh, I think that would be like an awesome influence in a college life for sure. It, it was a good opportunity. Absolutely. There was uh, there was always four of us. Um, and then kind of the first year, you know, he lets the sophomores kind of, you know, be in charge. And then the second year that, you know, I was the sophomore. So then we had a couple new freshmen that joined on. And actually the group of guys that I, I was on there with were, they were all awesome. That is awesome. It, it just, it looked like such a good experience as, even when I toured. I mean, I was young too. And I remember they had a boar in there called, uh, spank your monkey. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. He, he would have never let us name a boar like that. Really? <laughs> he must be getting soft. I don't, time. that was a long time ago. And I'm honestly pretty positive. That was the name of the boar. I'm going to have to ask Jeff. Cause I know he was on that tour with us. Uh, <laughs> but I remember we came out of that barn and I was just like, really spank your monkey. That's what you're going to call it. <laughs> I mean, it was a hell of a board though. It was pretty decent. <laughs> well, I, I just, I was really jealous when I saw that you were that you attended uh, Modesto just because uh, I would have loved a place like that. And I went to Casper. I mean, we had a little unit there with uh, beef and swine, but it was nothing like that. Uh, the Modesto Junior College uh, unit. It's yeah, like, I definitely feel like that was a good decision going there. That was that was good for sure. Now, what made you go to Nebraska? Uh, so I went to work for RW genetics. Um, and that was honestly what made me go there. Uh, although it was a very good school and uh, I had a great opportunity to judge on their livestock judging team. And so those were kind of the two draws that got me there. Now, uh, I don't even know where to start. So did you judge at Modesto? Yes. Okay. You judge at Modesto and then you go to Nebraska to judge in senior college. Yep. That's right. Uh, how was that kind of going in from high school? Because you said you – did you judge in 4-H as well? Yes, I did judge a little in 4-H. Um, nothing – I mean, nothing very extensive. You know, like a lot of these kids that you see there at the top of the judging contest, you know, have nowadays. I didn't – I mean, there's a judging contest every year at the Nevada State Show that's called the NJLS, and I did that every year, and, and then – couple different times we had a little team that we went to a few contests with but that was the extent of it okay Uh, i mean so you went to the you went to nebraska to to compete for sure yes yeah and that was um that was that was good i had a young young uh coach he was a graduate student he was a year older than me uh and we had eight of us on the on the judging team um but my coach was off um he was from texas a name's name was aaron cooper and he was off their national champion team 
and he was very passionate and very I mean I feel feel like he was an awesome coach um and that was a good opportunity I mean we uh we went everywhere he he made us work uh we we judged and I mean every weekend we were going you know usually three days and uh you know we were given sets of reasons I, I don't think we had a day off during the week I mean we worked hard for a year how much do you miss it <laughs> yeah you know what i don't miss it <laughs> <laughs> i don't miss it <laughs> no i enjoyed the you know going to see stuff and all that but it was you know it's different once you're kind of done with that whole livestock judging process you get to step back and it's like a you know it helps build your you know vocabulary and ability to speak um but you know i don't think i'd go through that again i mean <laughs> one year was probably pretty pr- pretty good <laughs> for me yeah i I would have to agree with you. And I only went to their junior college. I didn't judge in senior college. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but yep. I mean, I love judging though. I mean, you, I mean, you judge a bunch of shows. I mean, you're, you're judging national shows. How's, how does that feel? Uh, you know, I, I always enjoy judging. Absolutely. Um, now, like, you know, I when when I first got out of college and got asked to judge stuff, I was you know, very, very excited. And I still, I mean, I love judging stuff, but, uh, it's not as exciting as, as, I mean, I, I'm not going to just take every judging job cause I'm so busy nowadays, you know? Um, but, uh, we need good judges out there. I, I don't think there's near enough of them out there right now. I think you're one of them. I mean, I think you're somebody that everyone can trust. I don't think you're ever, I don't think I've never heard anybody speculating about your morals in a show ring before. So, I, I mean, I think that's the number one thing. I, I sure try to, you know, you never try to look up or, or, you know, do anything, just judge the animals. And, uh, you know, sometimes people make it more complicated than it sounds. But uh, that's what I was just do is just judge the animals for sure. I, I remember uh, Shannon told this story when I had him on, but he was telling me about a story where some guy texted you like the night you were going to judge a show and was like, hey, there's going to be a girl in a purple shirt uh make sure she gets high in in the class or something like that and you just you just dismissed it or something like that and then you go through the show and realized oh shoot i didn't even i didn't even know if that purple shirt i don't even know what the pig looked like yep yep. do people and i hope that people are listening that have ever done this hear this part do you really think that you're going to change the outcome of the show just by sending a text like i i i don't understand it uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, if if there's a guy that's sitting there thinking about that, looking for that kid with a purple shirt, I mean, he's he's not doing the rest of his job right. I mean, that's, I, I don't, you know, I don't got any use for that. I just judge what's in front of me to the best of my ability, and that's all I can do, you know. I try not to overcomplicate it. I mean, that's all, that's all a judge is asked to do is just go in there and do what you're going to do. I mean, you could, everyone could be really mad, but if you just do what you're going to do, it's it's fine. I just uh, I don't know. It's we don't need to get on politics real like too hard. It's been it's been over talked. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we're gonna agree on that hundred yeah. percent. But uh, yeah. So when you went to Nebraska, did you still have forty sows at home? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, no, we scaled them back. Uh, we focused on some point probably probably when I was in college at, at MJC we decided we were going to focus on Yorks. We had a really good few York sows 
and that I kind of built off of. And, uh, and so we just focused on Yorks. And so when I was in Nebraska, I want to say they had 10 to 15 Yorks house, um, back at home. Uh, and so what we did was we'd breed the Yorks pure, uh, for like their summer litter. And then we'd breed them to a, a crossbred boar for, you know, like their winter litter that we'd be able to sell, you know, all the show pigs, uh, for. And so that worked pretty well. We actually, you know, in hindsight, we had some really, really good blue, blue gilts and stuff that, you know, and that was back when I was at RW Genetics, we had Super 8 and we had Superman and we had, you know, that Super 8 was a litter mate to Black Attack. We had all those boars there that, you know, I was getting semen on to breed my York sows and there were some really good blue females. We probably could have built a good herd around if we'd have kept them. You were just stuck on those Yorkshires, dude. <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, uh, my parents didn't certainly weren't in a position to to build a, uh, a herd there without me. Well, you know, <laughs> they're trying yeah, to do definitely. it all still work. But uh, but yeah, how was uh, working at RW? Uh, it was good. It's uh, you know, it was in a small town in Nebraska, and so it's a little harder life. And I don't I don't mean that in a derogatory sense at all to people that live in Nebraska. But I mean, it's different. You know, uh, it was. You know, it's cold every every morning in the wintertime, and you got to, you know, trudge through the snow to <laughs> get your boots on because you're at a biosecure, you know, SPF farm to go jump the tractor, to drive the tractor around to feed the sows. And, I mean, you can't get as much done uh, in a day when you have, you know, bigger obstacles like that. Yeah. But, uh, I learned an absolute ton there. It was a great opportunity. Um we had when I started. It was really, it's really interesting when I started there, and I was there for I think four years. When I started, we had like 250 Duroc sows, and that was pretty well it. He had a, a handful of York sows, and just all those Durocs. And his main business was selling commercial boars um, to just to, to guys in the Midwest. They'd come by and load up, you know, six to ten boars at a time or whatever they were. We had, we had guys of all kinds coming and buying one boar here 20 boars here um and we would actually mate a lot of those dura or those those durock sows would get mated to purebred hemp boars and that was a good market he would sell a lot of those f1 boars yeah and and that was that was at the beginning and i would tell you that four years in our i mean our entire market changed to crossbred show pigs so quick uh, yeah i mean it was it wasn't long you know uh and he was in control of all that stuff. And so I don't remember a lot of the details of like, you know, how many sows we had and, and all that, like of the different breeds. Yeah. But, but I do remember we, uh, we got all our, all our crossbreds. We, we wound up getting all our, our crossbreds. He, he called his crossbred herd platinum profile genetics. And, um, we got a lot of them back from Oklahoma, uh, cause he had a herd down there in Oklahoma. Got a lot of them back, and it seemed like after that we were just making crossbreds, and the Duroc numbers declined, um, and it was just a totally different market. Hmm. Now, how did how long did you work for him? I think four and a half years. Four and a half years. So, like during while you're at Nebraska, then you you graduate. What did you graduate with at Nebraska? Uh, so oh, I'm actually a couple classes shy of graduating. Uh, I feel that. <laughs> Yep, I did. Uh, I got an associate degree from Modesto, and then uh, I was uh, two chemistry classes shy of uh, of a bachelor's degree in Nebraska. Chemistry's hard, dude. 
<laughs> I feel that. Yep. Um, so, uh, but you spend four years in Nebraska working for RW and then do you immediately go to Alton Walter after that? Yes. Yep. Yeah. What? I got a job offer from, uh, from Mark in, uh, fall of 18 or not 18, 20, 2008. And, yeah, uh, I was like 18. Uh, and then I started working here, uh, uh, like first of January, 2009. What was your uh, first thoughts when you got off for the job? Uh, I wanted to consider it. Um, I actually flew home and, uh, you know, flew home to Nevada because it's only a three and a half hour drive to Calusa from uh, from there. And me and my mom drove over and uh, uh, I met with Mark and kind of went around the farm with him for a day and then thought about it for a while and just decided that was the best decision if there was one thing that kind of sold you on the idea of just, I mean, moving to California and, and going full bore into it, could you, could you pinpoint one thing? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I always liked it. Like I said, I grew up showing in California and traveling up and down the state. And I was more familiar with a lot of the people out here and just more familiar with, you know, I, I liked the climate. I really didn't, care for the climate in Nebraska it's it's like I say it's just kind of a harder life and you know not dogging on anybody that lives there but it's you know I like it out here a little better um there's definitely a way better market for pigs and I guess I just kind of kind of know know that and was like well I want to be out there where it's you know where we can sell pigs yeah definitely I mean you got to go where they're selling for sure it's yeah it's nice to have you know there's so many pig you know people needing pigs out here yeah. And uh, it's nice to have a, a place to sell. Now, uh, I'm sure that Alton Walter Show Pigs, when you got there in 2008, wasn't like it is now. Uh, it, it It's grown quite a bit. How has it been just to see, I mean, you've been there for 11 years, you said? Yes, sir. You've gotten to see the whole entire process. I mean, trust the process, basically. Like, Yes. Y- you guys have built something. Um that's just doing incredibly well. That's got to feel gratifying. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's been a lot, a lot of work. I promise you that. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, we, we've grown pretty well, pretty well every winter. Mark would have his guys, uh, you know, build another barn or add on to another barn or, you know, make improvements. Um, and we still, I mean, every winter we're doing something, you know, uh, and so the farm's literally probably, probably doubled or, I mean, more than doubled in size as far as like barns and stuff. You know, I want to say we had 60, 60 to 70 sows when I started. And now we have about 330. Wow. So that's quite a few. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now out of that 11 years, uh, what do you think is your favorite, has been your favorite, uh, sow or boar? What 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 what's your what's been your favorite specimen to come out of there if you could remember one? Oh man, I'll tell you what, this new boar we got is maybe my favorite one. We call him May We All. Um we're pretty proud of him. We worked we worked a long time to make this pig. Um and so I actually I don't I don't know if you saw the Facebook page yesterday, but we put pictures of him up on the Facebook page. Is he that blue uh, boar? Blue boar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he looks good. He's probably my favorite one. If I had to pick one pig that we created, that's probably my favorite one. 
I'm actually looking at him right here on your Facebook story. Yeah, he looks he's an out of line and uh on a he is what he is. <laughs> yep. Sunshine and whiskey. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh my gosh. He's pretty. Yep. He's got a huge forearm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he is very stout. I mean, he's as dense through his whole body and his head is I mean, I love his head. His head is just so stout. Um uh, his forearm and like you say, like his his whole front end is just I mean just massive and dense uh his upper rib and body shape is is tremendous and then like feet and legs and i mean toe size you know pasture and strength all that is pretty impeccable i mean it, it's impeccable it i want really everybody is. just because i'm i'm looking at him still i want everybody to just go to facebook and check this boar out uh on russell's facebook page because he he looks really really good, and you got your dog in the back. What's that? What's your dog's name? <laughs> Hammer. Hammer. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good pup right there. <laughs> he always weasels his way into some pictures. He's got to be in the pictures, dude. Oh, that's a crazy crazy dog. He just follows you everywhere on the farm, doesn't he? He does. Yep, he's with me right now. <laughs> he probably knows we're talking about him. Yep, his ears are perking up. Now you're also uh congratulations, you're a father. Thank you. Thank uh, you. How is that, man? Uh Sadie is five months old. Um and that was an that was an experience for sure. Um but uh but it's it's awesome so far. It really it really is. Is it as uh like mind altering as everybody says it is? Yeah, I mean you start thinking differently. I'll tell you what, the whole process was uh was stressful to me it really was and of course <laughs> you know i didn't have to go through the whole birthing process like my wife did but i was stressing out <laughs> oh i bet i mean that's a stressful process you want everything to go uh definitely to plan <laughs> yep yep it, no uh, that's, that's awesome dude yeah no it was it was good it's uh you know they say the second one's easier so uh so we'll see if we <laughs> if we want to have a second one or not well yeah you got plenty of time <laughs> uh so when's uh when's sadie gonna get her first pig what you know everybody asks me that and uh and what i'll tell them is you know if she wants to get a pig we'll we'll see we'll yeah. uh you know i'll definitely support her for sure but i'm not gonna shove it on her yeah so. definitely i mean it's they gotta really like it they gotta love it for sure yep absolutely so we'll see and if she gets one and doesn't love it then you know we we don't have to do pigs if if she doesn't want to it's uh now i don't know if we're gonna get on a tangent here at all but do you ever feel like you're gonna be one of those like over possessive dads because you're just so involved in the in the industry do you ever like look back and you're like now russell like don't don't be one of those guys like just let it go <laughs> uh yeah yeah i'm gonna have a problem with that i'm definitely gonna have to you know sit back and let it be her project because really that's what, I mean, that's what got me involved in, into this whole thing in the first place was my parents letting me do it. So, um, so I hope that when, you know, down the road that I'm able to sit there and see that and make sure that she's able to do whatever it is, whether it's a pig or whatever, you know, Hey, this is, you know, do your thing, you know, instead of dad doing it for you. Yeah. I would have to agree. But I feel like, when I'm a dad and if my, if my kid wants to show ever, I'm going to have to really check myself 
because I even with the kids that I help occasionally at a at like a jackpot show, I am torn up if we don't if we don't do as good as I want. I'm just like I I'm torn up. I don't say anything outright, but I'm just torn up inside. And I'm like, I'm like <laughs> this isn't even my kid, and I'm so emotionally invested in this. How am I how am I going to deal with it when it is my kid? I have no idea. I agree 100. <laughs> percent I'm the same way. <laughs> it's a terrifying thought. <laughs> No, that's uh, it, sh- it. It'll be all right. Sadie's going to be awesome. She's going to be a great showman if she wants to. Yep. Yep. Have yep. To, you'll have to send her to a next level camp. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Um, no, I I think uh, going back to just your 11 years at Alton Walter, it, it had to just be an incredible experience to just watch it grow into sort of an empire within the industry. Yeah. Uh, I would say that you guys are the you you guys are on the forefront of being the top guys, and it's just got to feel very endearing and also intimidating at times. Yeah, I mean, we've been trying, man. I don't I don't know if you know how others view us, and I I mean, we just do the best we can every day. I like to say it's kind of like we were talking about judging the show. You just do the best you can, and you know, when people call and, and need pigs or need help or need semen or whatever. We just do the best we can to help them, and uh, you know, and and I guess my main thing, you know, the last several years at least has been, you know, hey, I'm gonna do, we, we're gonna do this the way we want to do this, and we're not gonna worry about what others think. We're not gonna worry about is the sires we're are the sires we're using popular enough to sell pigs. We're not gonna worry about you know, did did this boar, you know so-and-so raised him and we don't like so-and-so I mean, we're just gonna you know if this is the board we need to use okay we're gonna do it we're gonna we're gonna plan stuff out we're gonna you know think about our meetings and we're gonna plan out the ages for the pigs appropriately for the markets we want to target and what I've, I've learned i guess is the more that you plan things or at least try to plan things the better off you're gonna do we just uh you know when we first started and we weren't maybe as successful as what we wanted to be we used to just, uh, you know, get semen, just call and we'd get a bunch of semen. We had sows coming in heat and then we'd, you know, on the fly, hey, this sow needs this boar, this sow needs this boar. Now, I mean, we sit and we plan it out and we think about it. And, you know, in fact, I got a, I didn't book my semen for tomorrow yet, but, uh, but we're going to start breeding a few more sows tomorrow. And I've, I've been working on it for about a week, just sitting there thinking about what boars we need to make to these sows. And, uh, once we started kind of doing that and once we kind of started sticking to the plan and not, you know, not veering off and using some new board that we saw or, you know, going one direction or the other, just based on a whim or based on, you know, something. If, if once we kind of said, Hey, we are going to stick with a plan. We're going to stick with a set of boards that have the genetics that we know what they are. And we're going to, we're just going to just do that that's when we started doing, okay, Hey, we're getting, you know, we started getting, making progress. We started having a, a sow herd that looked, you know, more similar to, and, and more consistent. And now we're currently dealing with, you know, our crossbred sow herd is, I, I mean, it's, it's almost a hundred percent of them all go back to the same stuff, whether it be on the top or the bottom or, or most of them both. I mean, they're almost all the same sow base now that we've worked on for years. I mean, we went through so many females that we bought 
and got something out of or didn't get something out of and got rid of and identified others as better ones and just have built built off of that and stuck with the plans and stuck with, hey, we know this is better. This is the route we're going. And so sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but, but that was, you know, I guess that was when we started doing better. I know I'm glad you ramble. I, I don't think you were rambling by the way, <laughs> but I'm glad you explained it like that because it's so important to, to make, to help people understand that you're not just doing things on a whim. You're, you're building a foundation for years and years and years until you can actually get it right. I mean, you've been there for 11 years and I'm going to say in the past, like four or five years, you guys have been killing it. And sometimes it takes a little bit to just to build that foundation, build the base and then build up from there. And it takes a little bit, but it's worth it in the end. Well, no doubt there was luck involved. I mean, uh, you know, wedding night has done so much for us and, uh, and we were lucky in the fact that we had a sow herd that was ready for him when we got him. And we were lucky in the first place that Kurt Morgan even sold him to us, you know, um, and, and that whole scenario, the way it kind of, kind of came about was just, it was fortunate, you know, and I guess I could say the same thing about out of line because he's a little different than what our sow base is. And we just lucked into, I mean, we raised him, but you know, we were lucky to have that pig and then we were lucky to, you know, not cut him and wind up keeping that one as a boar that has, you know, done lots of things for us the last couple of years. Yeah. Those, I mean, those boars are incredible and they've been integral to your guys' success. Do you need to shoot it, shoot a text out real quick? I know somebody, it sounds like somebody's blowing up your phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. I just want you to, if you need to send out a text, you're good. I, I'm good, dude. Okay. I'm I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't taking, if you needed to shoot out a text or talk to somebody, you're good. I know you're, hey, you're a new dad, okay? So I don't need to be taken away from that. <laughs> no I, worries. I did want to talk to you. So uh, when you get as big as you guys have gotten, uh, I'm sure that there has been a lot more scrutiny with the popularity. Am I right? Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you get a little bit more haters once people start to know your name a little bit. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's people that out there that, that don't like us, but they, you know, I haven't had a ton of them that, but make me super aware of it, I guess. And I don't, I don't think that there are a bunch of people, but I just have to think that, I mean, there's always going to be those people out there. It's, it's easy to only hear those voices, but it, it doesn't sound, sound like you're hearing any of those voices. So you're good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, sure, I don't sure honestly hear there. a lot of people talk shit about on Walters either. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they're out there. You know, there's always the, the, the local see I say local, but the, you know, the West coast people always have, you know, there's a certain, there's not that many breeders out here. And so there's a lot of people that are loyal to one or loyal to the other. And people, people you know, have their tribes. They, they yep. get in their little groups and I mean, yep. you, you've got your group, uh, small towns got their group. I mean, it's, it's all over the country. It's like that. Yep. Yep. But, uh, no, I mean, a lot of that's probably where negativity would come from, but we try to stay positive. I think that's the best uh, case scenario, just to stay positive and, like, don't really feed or, like, feed into the hatred or anything like that. Just got to, yes, like, sir. be chill and just go about life easy. <laughs> that's right. 
Now you uh, you were a part of the Phoenix show, the first ever Phoenix show down here, and I wanted to um, quickly shout out that show because I think it was really cool, and I also wanted to get your take on the experience because uh, I mean that show has done a lot of really really cool things, and I just wanted to get your opinion on it. Yeah, you know uh, that was really fun, and uh, you know I was there. I I flew in to judge the the last day. The um, you know I can't remember what they call it. The grand grand sweep grand stakes. stakes, yeah, grand stakes. Yes, um, and I got to judge it with Brad Mabry and Troy Sloan, and they were they were awesome guys to do it with. I thought they picked a good group of guys that all got along well, and I mean we we all had a blast with it. Um, and that was a really neat new format that they had. And I thought, uh, you know, I guess what I thought it would be and what it actually was were two different things. But I was really impressed with, both, you know, like with the with the idea of behind it of, you know, hey, this is a way to kind of get not only get, you know, three different guys opinions, but also in a sense, you know, at least I think people feel like it it reduces you know, political judging or reduces the, you know, cause if you got three different opinions, you're not necessarily all three of them is going to be political one way or the other. And so I think people feel like they get a fair shake at it. Um, man, I, I, I I'll tell you, I didn't, the one thing I didn't kind of see coming with that was as a judge, you know, you have to think differently and I didn't even, you know, know that would happen, but as we're judging, you know, so the, the way it worked for those who maybe didn't watch it was the pig, pigs would come in the class and we'd have a lead judge, which was basically just the judge that all the kids um, would show to. And then the other two judges, we got to kind of wander and wade through the pigs and, and just look at whatever we wanted. But all the kids would, would come in the ring with a number. <clears throat> there'd be like if there was 10 in the class, there'd be one through 10. And so all we had to do was on our iPad, we um, got to select the the hogs we wanted to, to keep. And so it was usually three or four. And so if there's a class of 10 and say, I wanted to keep number two, five, eight, and nine, I would <clears throat> mark those numbers. And then the other two judges would do the same. And then they would announce, you know, the common six or seven or four or however many it was that we all liked would get to stay. <clears throat> and then we'd re we'd re uh, re judge them again and they'd come out of their pens and we'd study them. And the lead judge, of course, they'd still show to the lead judge, and then we would uh, we would rank them like a judging contest one, two, three, four, or however we you know wanted to place them. And that was just different for me because the general process of judging a show, at least you know the way I do it, is I will go through the class and kind of say, okay, I like this one the least, pen this one, pen the next one, pen the next one, and work my way up to the one that's the best. And you cannot do that that way. And so, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if it's, if you get a better result in the end, uh, because you got three guys, you know, kind of all with different thought processes and, and that type of deal, you know, landing on the common favorite, but it's definitely, you know, I think it was more challenging for me to kind of really analyze them all because I'm not sitting there comparing them and kicking out the ones I don't like. I'm just literally picking the ones that I do like and, uh, you know, out of a group. Dang, that's like a, that's an aspect of it that I didn't even think about, because I think a, I think a lot of judges go through that process how you do. I mean, 
I know I judge just a few county fairs, and I always go into the show ring, and I'm like, all right, let's start weeding them off. I'm going to start my least favorite, and then I can go from there. And I think I find that the easiest. I think a lot of people like that. Um, but yeah, I didn't even think that you can't do that in that scenario where you're just writing the ones down that you like. Yep. Damn, that, yeah, would, was, that would be a little difficult. It, it was different. And I do think, uh, you know, I think in the end, I think the classes would definitely be placed differently if you could do that. But I think that the, you know, the good ones obviously still wind up, you know, towards the top or, or at the top. But, uh, but it, it was, it was just different. I, I really, uh, enjoyed it. And, you know, that wasn't the only part of the show. There was a, you know, a, a two days before that where David Corb judged for their first year, but that whole event was, I mean, it was just top notch. And I don't think I could speak highly enough of it. We're really hoping they're able to, to, uh, to put it on again this year. And, and, uh, don't know if they're going to have the same, you know, uh, venue there in Phoenix or if they're going to move it, but we're excited to hear whatever those guys decide to do. Yeah, hopefully they put another one on. We'll see how it goes. But it's really cool what people are doing with the show industry right now, just putting on these kind of elaborate and crazy shows that no one ever thought were going to come out of this industry. It's it's starting to become a really cool trend. Oh, yeah. No, and that's good for everybody because, you know, the more shows, the more pigs we have to sell, the more feed people have to sell, the more everything, you know, and the more opportunities for kids and families. Yep. Okay, well, I've got one more question. Um, this is this question is presented by Next Level Livestock Camps. Go to a Next Level Livestock Camp. Um, what's the future? What what what's like? What's your future outlook for Alton Walter Show Pigs? What do you think? If you can give me like a little sneak peek of what's to come, what do you got for me? <laughs> uh, man, that's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna keep doing what we uh, what we are doing. Um, I guess I'll, uh, I'll tell you about this boar a little bit, this may we all boar that I, you asked me what my favorite pig is. And, uh, and he is actually, you know, if you picked up on it, Cannon, probably, probably not cause you didn't really look at it that close, but, but he's a quarter Duroc is what he is. And, uh, a lot of people probably think that's crazy. Uh, we've been working on that little project for a while. Uh, we actually bred 30 of our best crossbred sows to Duroc boars a couple years ago and uh we've been you know we kept a few daughters uh, a few of the best daughters and we've been breeding them back to crossbred boars and breeding them back and breeding them back and and uh and so I feel like this you know we finally got what we wanted out of the deal and uh, we're going to continue to do it because we've you know we've got a lot of value out of those south those south have, have done a lot of great things for us but uh but I guess when you ask what's to come you know, I think these pigs, we're going to, we're going to probably dive in pretty deep with this boar. We, we just haven't seen any indicators or any reason not to, but I think these pigs are going to be, I think they're going to be faster growing. I think they'll be a little tougher. I think they'll be a little healthier. Uh, and that was our goal. Um, but, uh, but we'll see what kind of shakes out. He's, he's just gives us a feeling that we're going to, you know, he's going to be ahead of the game and whether or not that's, you know, ahead in the right direction. I'm not, I'm not sure, but we're, uh, we're definitely going to, I think we're going to see some different, you know, healthier, faster growing kind of pigs out of this dude. We'll see. That's, that's why I like you, Russell is because you, <laughs> that's such a great answer. Okay. And the fact that, um, you're willing to kind of tell the, tell me your process. That's incredible. 
uh, you're trying to build some sturdy suckers is what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, you know, we, it, it started, uh, started off as an idea. Um, you know, the, a lot of the guys like to breed hamps into these crossbreds and, uh, you know, years ago, not that long ago, we used to put Yorks into them. A lot of guys still do, but, uh, but I got to thinking, well, well, of all the pure breeds right now, you know, the Durox probably have as much to offer in terms of, you know, growth and ruggedness and kind of, I mean, they're always doing well. They're always, you know, thrifty. They're always, uh, you know, it, you don't see a whole lot of Durox with a blown hawk, you know, uh, you don't see a whole lot of real sick Durox or, or anything like that. And, uh, you know, as a general rule, they're, they're more complete, better animals than Hampshire's. And if you're a hemp person, I'm, you know, not trying to offend you. <laughs> don't take that the wrong way, but you know, and, and, uh, the Yorks right now, it's hard to find a York boar that doesn't have messed up pasterns. And so we thought, well, why not, you know, try it with the Duroc breed. And, uh, you know, I guess, uh, I guess we'll see what kind of comes of that. Cause it's definitely a, you don't see a lot of guys doing that, but, uh, but so far we're, we're pretty pumped about it and, uh, and we'll see what happens. Well, you just let the cat out of the bag. Cause now everybody's going to be doing it. <laughs> you just, I, I, I doubt it. You just sold me on it. I don't even raise pigs. I don't have one sow and you just sold me on it with that explanation. <laughs> that, that, that honestly makes a lot of sense. I mean, the Duroc breed is an incredible breed right now. I, I honestly believe that the Duroc breed is the prettiest breed right now. And I, I'll put my hand on the Bible. I don't care. I think they're gorgeous right now. And they are sturdy. You don't see a lot of them uh, with structure or with blown hawks. Uh, they're usually pretty sound. That's, I mean, you don't need a me, me to say it, but that's a fantastic idea. And I, I hope it works out. We will see. Time will tell. Uh, you know, I think nothing else. We're going to get a little more growth out of these pigs. But uh, I'll, I promise you that if you were to just look at the boar, anybody was, I mean, you do not see one shred of Duroc in him. Like he looks like, you know, a really good crossbred boar. Uh, well, and it, so that was what was so exciting when we got him. We're like, all right, this, this is, this is the one. Now that I, I, I just pulled up his picture again on your Facebook. He, he does, he has like a Duroc front end, just like that, just dense. Like you said, he's just so dense and, uh, his front end really looks like a Duroc, except his ears, but everything else mm -hmm. is, yep. no, is I, very I similar. I know what you're talking. Some of them Durocs are just, I mean, have a beautiful chest and forearm and, and, uh, coming at you, you know, I've, I've seen some of my favorite barrows that I've, I've seen have a, that there were Durocs that had a front end like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, his ears are, are great. They're, they're probably smaller than out of lines ears, to be honest. Really? Okay, give me give me the lowdown on this small ear, big ear deal because uh, what what's the point? I and I'm saying this I don't have any like particular uh, bias on any of them, but what? Why are big ears out and little ears are in? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I tell you what, uh, I think if you look if if you were to look right now at some of the best or the most popular or the most successful crossbred boars. Right now, most of them have a pretty good size ear on them as far as, you know, I think it's correlated a little bit with, I mean, just throw a couple names out there. Wedding Night's ears are not, they're not small. Uh, Teen Spirit, Lock It Up, you know, a lot of those boars that have more, um, you know, stoutness and hair, 
it seems like have a bigger ear set to them or maybe not so much an ear set, but just have bigger ears on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, yeah, people say they want smaller ears, but, but it, really the way that we're, these kids are showing these pigs nowadays with their head up, a lot of that, you don't even, you know, you don't even realize how big some of the, you know, the ears are on these pigs nowadays. Well, that's what I was thinking. I remember somebody was making a big deal about it and I, I overheard somebody talking about it or something. And I was just like, I don't even look at a pig's ears unless I'm looking at notches. I, and I kind of, yep. I like a big guilt that has some big, like burly ears. I just think she looks good with like just a guilt with some big ears on her. I don't know. There's something about it. <laughs> well, the Duroc thing is, you know, I think the ears is what scares people about using the Duroc on a crossbred scenario. And, and uh, you know, to be honest, it scared me. And uh, like, I'll tell you right now, that boar that has no indication of, you know, ears going to go down or anything like that, obviously. But like uh, we had probably like his mom has kind of kind of bigger, heavier ear set, but she's but her ears are erect. And then we bring him back, you know, bred her back to a crossbred board, with, you know, out of line with kind of a regular ear set and no problems. That whole litter's ears was good. So, um, so from that standpoint, I mean, I'm, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to be an issue. And if, if it's not, I think we're, I'm pretty pumped. There are probably like some cattle, sheep and goat guys listening to this. And they're just like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> with pig ears okay here's the deal guys for the guys that don't know we market the pig ears for dog treats and we need them to be <laughs> very i'm just joking we don't do that we should <laughs> we should you should start that business russell you should you should get into the uh, dog treat business yeah i want some land races for that oh you actually would want some are you guys raising some land races too we do, yeah. We have uh, we have five or six land race sows. Okay, yeah. Dip, dipping into it a little bit then. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. This is my last last question, and then we're done. I promise. Uh, I ask everybody this at the end of uh, the episode, and it's kind of like a catchy off guard question. If you had to give any advice to uh, a new person. I don't want to say like a young person because I'm a young person, but somebody in the industry, either showing or right out of showing, if you had to give them any advice as to what they need to do to make it in this industry, what would you tell them? You know, I mean, work hard for sure, but maybe more importantly, listen and learn. Um, gosh, uh, you know, that's probably been the, the, the best thing or the, the one thing that I've noticed about people over the years and not that I'm any kind of authority about people cause I'm certainly not, but, uh, you know, you come across a lot of people in this business and there's a lot of, you know, new people that are raising pigs or new people that are buying show pigs. And, and, uh, you see a lot of them that kind of, that don't have that ability to listen and learn and they want to sit there and tell you about what they got. And they want to tell you about how great their pigs are that they bought from so-and-so or, that they're going to go in the show or they're going to, you know, that so-and-so has got the best and they want to, they want to tell you stuff and like, don't be that person. If you're the new person, sit there and listen to whoever it is. So, you know, it's, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about whoever, if you're, if you go to James Backman's farm to buy a pig from him, 
don't sit there and tell him about all your pigs at your house. Sit there and listen to what he has to say about what he's selling you or what you're, you know, just listen, listen and learn. Because, uh, I mean, you can tell right off when people, I mean, I can tell right off on some of those people that come and they just want to tell me about what they're doing. It's like, no, these people are not going to, they're not going to make it because they don't have the ability to sit there and listen and, and, uh, you know, learn something, take, take something away from their experiences as they travel and are involved, you know, learn a lot more from listening than from, than from talking. That's for sure. I, damn, that's a good way to put it. Not enough people listen. Too many people are, uh, uh, just, uh, just concerned about themselves and their well being. And everybody, everybody wants to, everybody wants to be the big show pig breeder right now. It doesn't matter if you have 10 sows or you have 350 sows. Every guy wants to be the number one guy. And it, I mean, it gets competitive, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you need to, you need to find a mentor. You need to find somebody that's willing to teach you some things and just be quiet and listen. Yeah. I mean, I think all the people, I mean, I haven't met a, a breeder that I don't think would, would, you know, would help someone or, or mentor someone that's truly interested and that comes to them, you know, asking questions. Yeah. So I'll just do it. Yeah, I agree. Well, Russell, that's a good way to, good place to end it. Uh, I know I've, I mean, I've wanted you on here for a while. We just could never, <laughs> could never get the right time to do it. Yeah, um, no, thank you for the opportunity. Well, uh, and you're going to have to become a reoccurring guest. I mean, I'm going to have to have you on again. We're at, we're going to have to do a live interview. Hey, that'd be fun. You going to be right. at Expo this year? You know, I don't know. I think uh, we haven't decided yet. I think okay. uh, the, the county fair here is the same time, and I've uh, I've missed it for several years now. So we may I may stay here this year. All right. Well, if you end up going to Expo and I end up going to Expo, let's do an interview there. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right, Russell, uh, thanks again, and I will talk to you later. You bet. Have a good night, man. You too. Bye. See ya. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Russell is just uh, a dandy. He's just a, such a great guy. Uh, and I don't know. I was intimidated, guys. I really was. I. Uh, you might be able to hear it in my voice, but I was intimidating interviewing him. And I thought it went well. I. I mean, I gave it all I got all I had, um, and he gave me a great interview, and he gave me some great insight into his life, into his experience, and, and just Alton Walter in general. I mean, that guy loves what he does every single day. He's doing that uh, every single day for 11 years. There's some, good, there's some good times in raising pigs, guys, but there's also some bad times. And sometimes it, it probably seems that the bad times outweigh the good times. And for him to have stuck with it the whole time is is very, very impressive. Hope you guys like him. And like we talked about in the interview, go up to Russell if you want to say hi to him at a show. Don't feel intimidated. Um, I know I did when I was going up to industry leaders when I was younger. I still do. Anytime I have to text these guys for an interview... I'm always so intimidated. They could just tell me no. I'm like, okay, cool. Just a small little pod. Don't come on the pod. Whatever. Usually people are nice. People are nice. I mean, I haven't had a lot of people turn me down, but I'm rambling. Okay, we're going to end it. Um, 
got some special projects coming up, not necessarily uh, pertaining to the podcast, but got some ideas in the works about going to other types of social medias with videos maybe. We'll see. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week with some more great interviews. Well, one interview because it's just next week, but I'm having really, really good interviews for you guys coming up. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Stick with me and get your friends to like me. All right. I love you. Bye.